Insurance are in your corner. WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio, ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Wow, there's that silence in a little bit. Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Don't up. Fit. Pop pass in the middle. Got Tucker's it. got it. Ruby run. 15, 10. Hit, oh. hit in. Gregory, touchdown! The Bills make me wanna shout. Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It goes to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, you heard, 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing on the ESPN app, seeing, heard, and everything in between, ladies and gentlemen, on QSportsTalk.com, a magical website where a lot happens. A lot. So pay attention, people, because there's going to be a quiz later. I'll forget to do the quiz later, but pay attention anyway, okay? You can watch a show. You can watch a radio show. I cannot get over the wonderment of such a thing. Like, we have such great technology today, and some of it's helpful, some of it's annoying, some of it's right in between. But to watch a radio show, if I could go back, if I could go back and tell, shout out to the great Dave Shampoo at Herkimer County Community College, sitting there, one of my first broadcast classes in 1996. Dave is teaching us the ways of broadcasting. I could say, one day, sir, you will watch a radio show. He probably would have thrown me out of class. He would probably just get out of here, kid. Are you drunk already? Get out of here. The guy is drunk. No. But it's possible at QSportsTalk.com. You can chat throughout the show as you're watching the show. You get your own show when the radio audience goes to commercial break, uh, QSportsTalk.com, because they like to be different. says, oh, no, we're not going anywhere. And you're going to keep talking. You're going to keep giving us the content. And I got lots of QSportsTalk-only content today, including you guys are going to be ashamed of me. I'll tell you right now. Just, I'm getting ready for it. I'm like, you ever see that that great meme with that kid and he's just like, he puts his face down like that? I, yeah, you're going to be ashamed of me. But got to come clean. Got to come clean about something. So we'll do that. And uh, it's all the hijinks and tomfoolery you would expect from the show. So QSportsTalk.com. Be a part of it. It's a cool thing. All right. We have one guest joining us today. James Cratch will join us. Our uh, Now, JJ is our 
kind of lead New York sports correspondent, right? But uh, James has a terrific web, uh, website, Elite Sports NY. And look, we got Yankees, we got Giants, we got Jets. That's the focus right now. The NBA's, you know, starting here. So maybe we'll get a little Knicks and Brooklyn Nets talk in there as well. But with a focus on the Yankees advancing last night. And of course, Giants and Jets football, New Jersey football, it's humming right now. So we will get to that. Uh, we were going to have David Hale on today from ESPN. He unfortunately had to reschedule. He will join us tomorrow on the show. So we're looking forward to that, particularly his analysis of DJ Uwe Ungagale and Gary Schrader and the comparisons there, the comparisons between Syracuse and Clemson, they are very close. They are, they are spot on. And David always gives terrific analysis on Twitter. He, of course, writes great stuff at ESPN.com, Syracuse alum, and uh, always appreciate his perspective. But he will join us on the show tomorrow. So why don't you join us at 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter, or as mentioned, in the chat at QSportsTalk.com. We're going to do Syracuse football over-unders today. I would anticipate that Josh is going to be a little more conservative in some of the over-unders he gives me and that he gave me the easiest three-unit banger of all time last week. So let's see how much I crawled out of the hole. The attendance and 45,000 plus. What is it, four, five, nine, nine, nine plus? I mean, money in the bank. Let's see if Josh uh, makes it a little harder for Uncle Brent today. We'll do that. We'll go on the blind side. Hot takes to come. We've got some hoops in the air, right? We're getting there. Football takes center stage here, but some interesting predictions about uh, Syracuse basketball out there and the advantage that Syracuse could be at there, as we will discuss. But once in a while, as uh, life has taught us, in order to know where you're going, you have to know where you've been. And I understand that it was 35 years ago, but to me, it's been downright eerie how many comparisons there are to the 2022 Syracuse football team thus far and what the 1987 football team accomplished. Now, you say to yourself, it's 35 years ago. They weren't even in a conference 35 years ago. The world was different. Syracuse, New York was different. How can you link that team with Donnie McPherson and Paul Fraze and Teddy Gregory and Rob Drummond and company to this team now with Garrett Schrader, Sean Tucker, Mikel Jones and company? Well, you can. And it's funny how common threads about football carry over. And successful teams seem to do the same thing. And just some eerie comparisons because the common expression we've heard, be it last week, the week before that, during the bye week, as they were coming to this point to be 6-0, and is first time since 1987. If I had a nickel for every time I heard the expression first time since 1987, Adam Weissman would have a new neighbor. What's up, Adam? How you doing? Uncle Brent's in town. Woo, baby, that's a pretty lake. So we thought we'd wake up the voice guy and to tell you exactly. I've got more, but we'll focus on five. I wrote a column about this today on Syracuse.com, which I hope you can read as well, with some insight from some players on that team. So check that out, but uh, let's wake him up. We'll count down this time. We won't go up the ladder. We're going to count down the ladder this time okay in no particular order really but here we go number five in 1987 Syracuse had to slay the dragon Penn State 
They had lost to Penn State 16 straight times. They had not defeated Penn State since 1970. So here is the Syracuse football team on October 17th, 1987. Two days ago was the anniversary, the 35th anniversary of that game. They have to beat the defending national champion, Joe Paterno at his peak, the rivalry that existed back then. And I can't stress to you how bitter of a rivalry that was back in the day for those of you that did not experience that. I've only heard stories about that. In order to be stamped legit, right, in order to really announce themselves as a true undefeated team, a national championship contender, whatever you want to frame it, you got to beat that team. Not only did they beat that team, they beat that team's fanny. 48-21, first play of the game, Rob Moore touchdown, like, you know the bedtime stories about that Penn State game. Joe Paterno comes in the Syracuse locker room afterwards and, and tells them that's one of the best played games I've ever seen. You guys are a great team. Go out there and, and win a championship for, for the East, and the Eastern pride that was there. All of a sudden, now there was a lot of great stories about that team. Cooper Gardner, the punter of this team, Daryl Johnson told me the story in a video we did about the 1987 football team a few years ago, which I posted up today. I hope you guys can check that out if you haven't seen it. But for those that don't know the story, Cooper Gardner, the punter for Syracuse football, who was roommates with Daryl Johnson, Moose Johnson, writes on a dollar bill before the season starts, Syracuse football 11-0. And he hangs it up in a bar somewhere. I don't don't even know what bar it is, if it even exists, if that dollar bill is still out there. After Syracuse beats Maryland in game one. I, you know what? I actually want to pull up this clip because I will not do it justice. So just give me a moment here to pull this up because Jeff Mangrum, a former safety on the Syracuse football team, to, to hear him tell this story and how colorful he is and how passionate he is. To this day, I just talked to Jeff the other day, too, for this column I wrote today. and It's like, it's like he's still back in 1987, right? So I want you to hear this clip as I describe it. But the story is that they beat Maryland in game one. All right, whatever. Now, Maryland had a pretty good team. It was game one. It was 25-11. We're not talking about like some electric win here. It's not Penn State. And when you look at the 1987 schedule, it's, it's okay. It's not certainly what the schedule that Syracuse has now, if you want to make a comparison, right? So you had the Cooper Gardner story, right? And then you have this. Okay, so actually, let me play you the Daryl Johnson clip that I referenced, and that will go into the clip of Jeff Mangrum. So uh, here it is. Let's, let's take a listen. Well, that's not entirely true. Someone knew. Believe it or not, and, and I think that this dollar bill is still out there, um, my roommate, Cooper Gardner, wrote uh, Syracuse football, 1987, 11-0, and this was in August? I'm pretty sure that that dollar bill is still out there somewhere. Syracuse began the 1987 season with a 25-11 victory over Maryland at the Carrier Dome. With that win came another prediction. I'll never forget this. Chris Ingram said, oh my God, Jeff, we can win them all. And at that point, I believed it. Chris Ingram comes into the locker room and they beat Maryland. And they could sense it. They could feel it. Like, wait, we, we got something here. And I love that clip from Jeff. We can win them all. 
They slayed the dragon, and then everybody was in. Everybody in that locker room, and going forward, the community, the team, everybody's like, okay, game on. Syracuse has to slay the dragon this week. They have defeated Clemson within the last five years, but they didn't win another game the rest of that season and have come close the past couple of years, but this is the best Syracuse team to go to Death Valley, and it's a top-five team, and it's everything that Clemson represents. So much like they had to in 1987, this team has to slay the dragon. Number four. The mantras are the same. Now, the most common cliche in football and sports, but in particularly football, is one game at a time, right, and different versions of one game at a time. The mantra that this team goes with is, let's go 1-0 this week. In 1987, as started by Jake Crowdhamel, then athletic director, what they would say once the wins started to pile up and you had to avoid the rat poison, which is another common thread that football coaches like to put out there to not get too full of yourself, right? The uh, the common thread then in the expression was one down, one to go. This is what you hear from good teams all the time. Some version of don't get too full of yourself, don't take the rat poison one game at a time. And this team has that as the 87 team did as well. Number three. I should have the voice guy say number seven because lucky number seven in this sense. In 1987, that was the seventh year of Dick McPherson. Prior to that, Dick McPherson, now he had a few winning seasons, but barely. We're talking about six and five years, seven and five years. There was a sack Mac pack that wanted Coach McPherson fired back in the day. And it was rough. First couple of years were losing seasons, and there was some rumbles about maybe this isn't going to work out. Jay Crowdhamel sticks with him. 87 happens. Now, Dino Babers has a 10-win season on the books here, which certainly helps the cause, but that feels familiar right now. Dino came into this season on the hot seat, backing from his athletic director, stuck with him, and you know, at the very least, this thing goes forward. So two coaches in year seven with an opportunity to really – propel the program forward from where it's been. Number two. I should probably do this. Number one. But the number one thing is, I think, significant. And the number one is QB1. In 1986, Don McPherson, pretty good, right? Five and six football team. And we'll get into that record here in a moment and the significance of that. But let me give you some numbers from that season, okay? and compare it to current QB1. In 1986, Don McPherson, 1,827 yards, 12 touchdowns, 7 picks. He had a QB rating of 119.4. Okay. Last year, Garrett Schrader, 1,445 yards, 9 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. He did have 14 on the ground, right? But he had to improve as a passer. He didn't start the whole year, obviously, so we have to note that. But they're kind of, you know, shrug your shoulders kind of numbers. In 1987, McPherson, 2,341 yards, 22 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, had a quarterback rating of 164.3 that led the nation. Garrett Schrader, so far in 2022, 1,434 yards, 12 touchdowns, 3 picks, 70% completion percentage compared to 56% last year. He has 5 touchdowns on the ground. Now, Donnie McPherson should have won the Heisman Trophy that year. He led the country in touchdowns. He led the country in yards. Let's not get into that right now because I'll just get angry. But not that Schrader's on that level. He is nominated for the Maxwell Award. And 
a lot of people have taken notice about what he's done. But 87 does not happen. Now, Donnie McPherson will always be humble and tell you he wasn't even the best player in his own huddle. But that does not happen without him. This does not happen without Garrett Schrader's marked improvement. Number one. In 1986, Syracuse football went 5-6. and six. They started that year 0-4. To remind them of that, Dick McPherson gave the entire team little buttons that you could put on your lapel that said 0-4 kind of remind them of where they came from. But that is where the seeds of that came from, what 87 became. Because that team started to believe in itself. They dug too much of a hole to make something of that season. But the players, and much like this team, there's other parallels, experienced teams. Syracuse had 17 starters coming back into this year, right? That team had a lot of seniors, a lot of experienced guys a backfield that had been together for a while. Great player, senior quarterback, right? Like, a lot of experience. That team had Rob Drummond. This team has Sean Tucker. That team had Tommy Kane and Rob Moore. This team's got Aronde Gatson breaking out. Like, you can make a lot of comparisons here. You look at the defensive stars that team had, two good offensive lines. Like, the parallels are all there. They're all there. Great kicker, then great kicker now. This team went 5-7 and seven last year. Mikel Jones could have gone to the National Football League. Garrett Williams could have gone to the National Football League. Andre Schmidt could have gone to the National Football League. But they sensed something. They have talked about this. Mikel Jones specifically interviewed on the field after the win this past weekend over NC State. Now, nobody's handing out trophies at this point, but he's playing in a bowl game. He came back to, at the very least, say, we brought Syracuse back to a bowl after four years and turned this thing around. They wanted to be a part of something, risking, and in some cases you can't enhance your NFL stock, but certainly risking your NFL stock with an injury or sometimes the longer scouts look at you, the more flaws they find as opposed to getting somebody on the uptick and you have to draft them based on potential. You can't miss out on a hot prospect. That spring practice in 1987, Jeff Mangrum describes it in the column I wrote today and a few other guys I spoke with this week, Blake Bednars and Paul Fraze, said that that spring practice in 1987 was the toughest they've ever gone through. And that came from them. Some of you have probably heard the famous story about the 87 team. They made a pledge and a commitment not to drink alcohol during the season. Because you got to remember, in 1987, the drinking age was 18. They used to give free kegs to the football team at 44s every Wednesday, right? It's college. You're the kings of the hill, if you will, quite literally in a sense, right? They made a pledge, no drinking, no partying, commitment, because they knew they were good. They knew they had something. This team had a transformation in the spring. I've heard a lot of stories about this was the hardest-hitting spring they had, the Fastest they went in spring, the most intense spring practice they had. Dino Babers has referenced a couple of times that the last time he saw players out there on their own in the summer, right? They don't have formal workouts in the summer, but, you know, Dino can see what's going on out on the field and what players are doing on their own. He said the last time there were players doing that was 2018. The parallels are striking. And the things that are timeless, 
the commitment you have to have, the chemistry you have to have. Certainly, you have to have talent. You have to have a good quarterback. You got to get a couple breaks in your schedule. Syracuse, you know, had a decision to make against West Virginia at the end of the year. Do we go for it? Do we not? That's football, right? This team has gone through adversity, close games. The 86 team had a couple of close games that could have gone either way. Same thing with these guys. The parallels are striking. Now, I don't think this team's going to go undefeated. I'll be honest with you. But I do think this team can keep it going. I do think this team is capable of beating Clemson and can just keep this going through the back end of the season. So it may have been 35 years ago, but the connections feel like they're right here and now. On that note, we'll break. We'll come back, and we can certainly continue the football discussion. Got some hoops to get into with some preseason predictions being made about Syracuse basketball. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. My, how the turntables. San Diego put up a couple of runs. As soon as I gave the score update, back-to-back jacks. So they're in the bottom of the second. Philly 4, San Diego 2. So same question applies before the break. Can we get a wellness check on one Paul Sebelia before it was curled up in the fetal position? Now uh, let's ensure he's not having a heart attack of joy as the Padres get back in this thing. Only a second inning, kids. Buckle up. Philly's got a one nothing series lead here. Uh, Josh is back uh, for Syracuse football over-unders, and if you are watching on QSportsTalk.com, you will see we've brought back the tie. Brought, brought it back. Good juju. Started wearing the tie last week. Now, should we get the results from last week here before let's, we begin? Let's get the results. I know I picked up three units because you gave me the easiest bet of all time on the attendance because mm-hmm. we knew the attendance would be higher than the number you gave. So cash money there. How else do we do? So I told you that the tie would come back if you had a positive week. The tie is back. The tie is back. Okay. How far into the green do you think you went? So I'm I'm in the green now. On this week. Oh, this week. From that week. I'm You're not, still I'm not, very I'm, much not in the green. Oh, no. okay. So overall, I'm still in the red. Yes. Okay. But for the week, I went six into the green. 5.1 units. 5.1 units. I'll take Pretty darn that. good. That's good. That's good. Golf clap for that. That's good. You not only okay. won the three-unit play on the over, but won two two-unit picks as well. Okay. And now you are up to okay. down 9.25 units on okay. season. Okay. That's hot. I'm feeling it. Feeling Let's good. go. Feeling good. Here we go. Now, mean business, ready for a good week. I will say, I saw your tweet earlier mm-hmm. about the odds for yeah. Syracuse to make the college football playoff. 16-0. You know that's going to be listed here at the end. Yep. You missed your chance last week, 45-1. to 1. Ooh, it's going to be a lot lower this week. That would have been nice for you. Darn it. We'll, we'll start Darn from it. the top, though. Okay. We started the same way every week. Yep. Over under 50 points. I'm thinking of what my score was. Yes, definitely over. I feel like this is going to be a high-scoring game. I don't agree. I agree be- with myself because look at all of Clemson's scores. And the one thing they have in common, a lot of points. Clemson has this way of luring you into a shootout. Their defense is good, but they're also 95th in the country in passing yards. 
there's just a tenor these games take on, and a 50 is the number. Just thinking of the score. You know what? I'll pull them up while we're yakking about it here, okay? Give me a sec to pull up the Clemson scores this year. We'll see how many of them went over. So if you're giving me 50, okay? Georgia Tech 41-10, over. Barely. Furman 35-12. Not a real game. Not a real game, not over. Uh, Louisiana Tech 48-20, that's over. Wake Forest 51-45. One team hit the over yep. in that game. Double overtime, though, no? It was double overtime. Okay. You're correct. NC State 30-20, to right on the number. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston College 31-3, no. FSU 34-28, yes. Okay. So I, I feel good about the over, and I will go one unit on that. I would argue Syracuse has a better defense than every team you just listed, though. You are correct about that, but I do feel like this will be a shootout. Okay. We'll move on. Another one of our regulars here. We'll go to Garrick Schrader over under. Again, this is all of his yards, not just passing yards. 239 and a half. One unit over. One unit over on Garrett Schrader. It's been more passing quarterbacks that give Clemson trouble this year, although Jordan Travis, I mean, Jordan Travis runs on everybody as he did last week against Clemson, but I feel like he could get there on passing yards alone. He had 210 passing yards last week against a good defense. He's definitely going to take off and run at times in this game when the opportunity presents. I feel good about one unit on the over. All right. We'll move on to the other star of the offense and Sean Tucker. Again, total yards, not just his rushing yards. We're going 129.5 this week for Tucker. Let me see the tie. Can you just... Get some of that juju. Two units over. All right. Two units over. This is the Tucker breakout game. This is the Tucker breakout game against Clemson Brent. Yes, against Clemson Brent. Two units over on that. That's totally arts. It's totally arts. I'm going to put you in a corner here on that statement. Is the Tucker breakout game over 200 total yards? No one puts Brent in a corner. Is the Tucker breakout game over 200 yards? No. So it's the Tucker breakout game. Okay. You give me total yards. I'm, I'm going to take that. I'm going to go two units on the over. Okay, see the tie again. Give me the tie again. Okay. Two units. Give me the juju. There we go. All right. We'll move on. Okay. We'll go one more player on the Syracuse offense, Aronde Gadsden. 69 and a half yards. I think you have to take the over. I agree. Aronde Gatson has entered Gabe Davis territory every time our friend Brian Drake on Friday gives me the Buffalo Bills over-unders. Gabe Davis over every time. you got to take Gatson in the over every time. I thought Cle- or I thought that NC State, pardon me, would take him out. I'm sure Clemson has certainly noticed. It doesn't matter. The dude just gets open. He just gets open. Got to take the over. That's two catches for Gatson. Yeah. Over, over 69 yards. One unit. I'll just go one unit on that. Okay. Moving on, we'll go to the Clemson side of the ball now. You're a pro, so you know how to do this. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to call him DJ. DJ over under 249 and a half yards. DJ Uli Ungale. I'm not going to try that. What was the number again? 249 and a half yards. Over. Total yards. Can I just... Total yards, right? Yes. Over. One unit. Can I point out one thing before we move on? Yes, you may. We've gone through five picks. Do you know what your five picks have been? Over every time. Over every time. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be that kind of game. Look, Syracuse has a good defense. I just want you to know what you're signing up for. If Garrett Williams plays, I'm not sure he's 100%. 
the last time Syracuse played an air quotes real quarterback, they got lit up a little bit at home. It's a real quarterback. DJ Uwe Ungale is playing a lot better, much like Garrett Schrader as a new offensive coordinator that's kind of whoop, streamlined everything. He can take off and run. He's hard to tackle. Give me the over. All right. Well, two more for you here before we get to the bonus eighth one. Sacks for Syracuse. I want to look at sacks. I think this is an interesting story for this game. Syracuse over under two and a half total sacks. One unit over. I think six straight overs. I think they can. I'm just feeling the over today. I feel like they can get three sacks. I I feel like that's possible. Because while DJ can scramble, I also feel like you're going to see some some interesting blitzes. You're going to see. What's the stat I saw? So, Mikel Jones has four quarterback hurries, and Marlo Wax, I believe, is either four or three. I think you're going to see some. I think Tony White and Robert and I, not that Clemson won't do the same thing, but I think Tony White and Robert and I kind of break out all the stops here. Okay. The the player you got, I don't know if he's on your list. The player you got to worry about more is Will Shipley. I agree. Will Shipley is going to give Syracuse a big headache in this game. I agree. Last one for you before we get to the bonus prop. Okay. I mentioned this a little bit on my Newhouse at Night show last night. I wonder if you agree Newhouse with me here. Newhouse at Night, weeknights, 6 to what? 8, 8 p.m., 6 uh-huh. to 8 right here. QSportsTalk.com, ESPN Syracuse. I think the penalties are going to be a key for this game for Syracuse. I think they're going to have to limit the penalties. I don't think they win the game if this goes over here, mm-hmm. but I'm curious to see your pick on Syracuse's penalties over under 9.5. They had 7 last week. They averaged nine, nine and a half per game, which is the second highest rate in the country. Mm-hmm. Syracuse and Houston have been going back, and, and you have to go on the road this week as well. Might get a couple of false Loud starts in there because of the crowd. They're noise. getting procedure penalties and false starts and all that at home. Right now, shout out to Syracuse. Despite what I've said about these penalties, today word came down that Syracuse is one of twenty-two members of the twenty twenty-two midseason honor roll. For the Joe Moore Award. Do you know what the Joe Moore Award is? I do not. It is presented to college football's most outstanding offensive line unit. Okay. I was surprised to see this, but I trust the mighty Nate Mink on this. Nate Mink, who tweeted that, you know, the people that are on the Joe Moore Award committee, like they know what they're doing. It's not like some typical, you know, those hack sports writers that Mm -hmm. vote for this stuff. They actually know football, and they know offensive line play. That's pretty good. They're still committing penalties, though. Right. Like, <laughs> this is still a thing. I am going to put one unit on the under. Okay. Now, that could be nine. If you're giving me nine penalties, I'm going to take the under on that. Fair evaluation on my part that if this goes over, they just have no shot of winning the game? Yes. The only th- counter I would have to that is both teams run into a, a overzealous, you know, officiating crew. Yeah. And both teams rack up a bunch of penalties. Right. I mean, if it's 12 penalties against Clemson's 15, sure, but I don't think that's very likely. That's, I don't think that's likely either. I agree with you. Last one for you. You can go no play if you want. We talked about it earlier. Here's your bonus prop. Syracuse Orange to make the college football playoff. You tweeted it earlier. It's 16-1. to 1. Are you going to play it this week? No, because I could have got it at 45-1. to 1. You don't play at 16-1. But if they win this week, it's going to be... They'll be the favorite. Five. Syracuse and Wake Forest 
become the favorite. Of the ACC teams? In, of the Atlantic Division teams. ACC, correct. No, I'm not going to go there. I blew it. Because that's not a, that's not as big of a story as one unit on 45 to 1. You completely blew I it. I totally blew it. I gave you some number there. All on me. Give me a juicy number. Just, mm. Can I say also, this is on me. I, I wrote these before you tweeted that out, and I had a different number on here. Really? It was plus 3,200 was what I oh, thought it was going to be. Oh, I would have taken that. And then I saw your tweet. I'm like, I have to change it. Yeah, you were right. I guess I'm just bad at setting lines. You but. were right to change it. I heard a comment on that is uh, ESPN Stephen A. Smith. Respect your elders. Back after this with the blind side.